Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein. Powering tomorrow, today. This is the House of Ats with Cam Luke and John Stephenson. Yeah, most certainly is right across the SCN network. Hello to you. We do it all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Make sure you head into Chemist Warehouse every day for great savings. A lot to get into. A lot. The text machine is open. 043398 A diamond league of historic Australian proportions over the course of the weekend. And Jay Steezy in the <laughs> house. How you doing, buddy? My man, Cameron. Hey, you, you were missed last week. I know. But I'm, now you're found. I'm How back. does it feel to be back? I'm good. Uh, you got your voice back. You're a little bit sensitive yep. last week. Oh, we had to roll in some of the bench. Absolutely. You couldn't talk? I couldn't talk. Okay, but you're good now. You're good I'm, now, I'm though, right? I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. Like you never left. Hey, like like you never, never left. left. Like I've never left. And I wouldn't be missing this because we are making history in this Hit the show siren. Hit the siren, Ken. Right now. <laughs> I tell what, what, you what. What noises have we got? What you know noises have we got? How about this? <laughs> Because we are joined by a prodigy, a young, young, young man. It must be said, we need three youngs because Cam Myers is on fire, of course. He's a young man going somewhere really fast. He continually, when it comes to the 1,500 metres and the mile, breaks a record pretty much every time he steps onto the track. And it was no different on the weekend. The fastest under 18 in the history of athletics, Johnny Stephenson. In the whole wide Ever. world. No, it's unbelievable, <laughs> it Cam. It is. It's unbelievable. And man. he joins us. Cam Myers, firstly, welcome and congratulations, man. We're loving watching what you do. Hey, how are you going? It's a pleasure to be here. Mate, how you doing? Thank you. How are you doing? Straight up, we're going to get into about a million different things, but a hell of a weekend. You continually run so well. How are you personally absorbing and enjoying all of this? Uh, well, it's pretty surreal for me. I mean, like, yeah, I didn't really expect to run as fast as I did. So having done it, it's not even really sunk in yet. So, yeah, I'm just sort of riding, riding the wave, I suppose. And that's a good way to do it, Cam. Mm-hmm. I mean... Uh, and when I say, when I reference Cam, I'm sorry, my man, Cam Luke. You've forgotten about me. Gonna, That's fair Because enough. you're going to be, yeah, I'm going to, you're going to have to take a back seat today, Cam Done. Luke. Because you, you were the original Cam. We now I got was. Cam Myers. Like yep. I said off air, the last time I got excited about a Myers was back in 99 <laughs> when I was looking for cross-colored jeans and they were 50% off on Boxing Day on sale. That's the last time I got excited. Today is the next time I got excited about a Myers. Cameron, tell, tell me something, my brother. It's obviously, you know, you're a young man in your wildest dreams. You would never would have thought you'd be competing against the world's best in the Diamond League circuit. Um, there's young kids listening to the show now thinking that what you're doing was was unthought of. It was nothing but a nothing but pipe dreams. Um, you are you were racing against who I think is one of the greatest distance runners we've seen for a long time in Yaka Ingebrigtsen. Um, you have now become the fastest under 18 15 meter runner in all times in history. You know, uh, beating beating the great uh, Nicholas Kemboy. I mean, and he's a sensational runner. Um, does something in your head click now and say, Jakob's done it. You know, the great Craig Mottram, he he was able to win a medal at World Championships. My future is not only bright, but my expectations now is I need to win an Olympic medal. Is that where your head goes now as a young man like yourself? Or are you just sort of going, you know what? I'm just going to go with the flow and see what happens. Yeah. So world, world medals are definitely on the, on my mind, I suppose, like 
it's something that sort of lingers in the back of back of my mind. But you know, I'm sort of just going with the flow, and you know, take take each race as it comes. I'm not sort of focused on on what times that I'm running. I'm sort of just just running the races and and running as best as I can each time I step on the track. I suppose, yeah. I mean, of course, of course, the goal is to eventually win global medals in the Olympics, the World Champs, and you know that sort of thing. I suppose that's the goal of every runner. But yeah. Yeah, but just, does that but but, but but has that shifted out. forward, Cameron? Have, have, have you are you gone? And it's okay, man. You and me and Cam Luke, brother. Mm-hmm. So nothing you say is wrong, man. But <laughs> as as those goals shifted forward now, because one thirty three point two is not a slouch, my man. I can tell you that that is absolutely moving, man. And those times are good enough if you're talking purely on times to get you into world finals, Olympic finals. Um, does that goal change now? Do you say next year, Paris, I'm going to make the final? Or do you just say, you know what, man, I'm going to leave it to my my management in James Templeton, who I think is a great guy and a great manager, love James, um, and, and to your coach? Yeah, yeah. So the the goals are continually changing. You know, like I, I had a goal at the start of the season to run like 337, and then I, I eclipsed that my first race in Europe. So, yeah, the goals continually change, but it's sort of – I'll just see where I where I come up. You know, making the Olympic team next year it's going to be difficult in in the Australian country. You know, obviously we've got Ollie Hoare who's running great. Uh, Stewie Stewie who's back there. You know, back back at close to his best. And then Jai Jai Edwards he's coming along nicely as well. So you know we've got we've got a strong strong group of guys in the middle distance scene, even in the women's side as well. So making the Olympic team is the first priority, and then from there I suppose it's going to be. You know, placing as as well as I can in in the Olympic Games if I'm if I'm there. Now, Johnny Steph, I just want to point this out because there might be people listening to this show via the SEN network that are unaware, and I should have made this clear off the top. Our man Cam only just turned seventeen, so for people listening right across the SEN radio network, all four million of you right now, seventeen years of age. Before we get into all the rest of the running thing, Cam. How's year 11 going? Have you just totally given up school? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm still in year 11. Uh, I haven't missed too much school because um, uh, I sort of went over in the holidays to Europe. So that, that worked out pretty well. So I've, I think I missed a total of maybe three three days of school. So I'm doing well. And how, and, and how stressed are you about that, Cam? <laughs> I'll tell you. Uh, I <laughs> no, I'm not very stressed about it. It's calm. I, I, I've, I've got an idea. We, we have crazy ideas and crazy theories on this show, Cam. And traditionally... We come up with ones are correct. But I'll throw this to you, Johnny Steph. Legitimately, mm. I don't know if you're studying physical education still at high school, but you should automatically get a pass if you are the world's fastest under 18. Auto- you shouldn't have to do any homework. Uh, you shouldn't have uh, to do no, any no. exam. <laughs> Automatic pass in PE. And I'd like to also say you can throw in physics and mathematics because yeah. there's a lot of math that goes on um, in a race as well at times, <laughs> adding up your times, your sectors, your splits. So, Cam, if you have any problems with your school, you know where to call. Put them straight on DSCN. <laughs> Not Cam and I. Put it on to head office, man. Absolutely. But, um, but, but listen, I've been watching Instagram quite a bit, and I've been looking at, you know, very closely watching Peter Ball and Joe Deng and, and how they've been progressing. And I've been noticing you doing a bit of training overseas with them as well, a couple of sessions as well, or at least being around them at the same time. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So we're we're managed by the same guy, James Templeton. So yeah, we're 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 all based in Tubingen, Germany. So we jump in for some sessions, some runs quite frequently, and they're you know they're good guys to be surrounded with. Obviously, Pete and Joe, they're world class athletes. So it's it's learning off what they do as well. And Great how much guys. has been good for your confidence, Cam? I, uh, you know, like Cam, 
Mr. Luke pointed out, um, I mean, you're only in year 11, my brother, you know I mean? You're taking on the, on the world's best and you're showing, you're showing you have the mental stability to do so, but how much does that help training with Joseph and, and Peter and having James in your corner and, and obviously having your coach in your corner and the, the experience that they have? Well, I think the belief that they have in me succeeding really helps me believe that I can succeed myself. I mean, you know, James is obviously he's he's optimistic when it comes to the performances, but you know, having him believe in me is it makes me believe in myself, I suppose, and that's really good. And you know, having the boys there at training, you know, gives me the realization that I can I can run fast. What's it like? Obviously, this particular weekend is, and Johnny Steph pointed this out. These these are hot. These are hot races. These are Olympic World Championship finals. These are the best fifteen hundred meter athletes in the world. What goes through your mind? Is is it? I understand you're a very level headed, mature athlete already, even though you're only seventeen. But there's so much to go through your mind when you are lining up. You're thirty seconds out with the best fifteen hundred meters, and some are arguing this is the hottest fifteen hundred meter depth we've had. For maybe maybe ever, what goes through your mind thirty seconds before that gun goes off? Do you do you find yourself having to refocus and not get caught up in the the surreal moment as you talked on earlier? Yeah, I'm pretty easygoing as it as it turns out before the races because I don't I don't really think about it too much. I mean, the pressure you know yesterday would have been on Jakob, not mm. not myself. Yeah. He's the one that's got to go out there and expected to perform at a certain level, and so I'm just I'm just sort of enjoying being out there as it. As it turns out, I'm just happy to be there. Uh, on, on, just just on Inga Britson, who who is who is getting inching inching closer and closer to that world 1500 mm. meter record every time he rolls on out. We'll, we'll talk to Miss Swain later in the show because I thought he did an outstanding job as as pacer as well. But I, I I find it very interesting going forward where you believe you can get to this particular season, right? So you you have done. It, what you've done since we've seen you in Melbourne in the mile or back, you know, four or five months ago to where you sit now, comfortably in Diamond League finals and talking about fitting in that top 10, top 11, top 12 in the world. Right now, look, is the world champ... What, what, do you honestly believe you can make a world championship final? Well, I've just made the decision to not run at world championships. Okay, well, that, that makes it hard to make the final. Solely, breaking news. Breaking news, Cam, first on, on SEN. Yes, sir. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm going to focus on the Olympic year next year. Um, you know, that that would be the goal to make the to make the final. So you know, it's it's really tough because the depth in 1500 running is probably yeah the best ever. So I think running 333, it only ranked me 30th in the world. So or, so thereabouts. But yeah, the depth is just crazy. So I've got to really concentrate and just keep progressing. So I'd like to say this uh, to both camps. And I don't mean to put the pressure on you, uh, Mr. Myers, but just to give the listeners some perspective, Cameron Myers has broken Jakob Ingebrigtsen's age records, both the mile, the 1,500, and the 3,000 mm-hmm. metres. Now, for those that don't know track and field, Jakob Ingebrigtsen is the form uh, distance runner, I believe, from Norway in the world, and I think he will go to world championships here and be very hard to beat. And if you followed the world championships to Oregon last year, um, you got a silver and a gold medal uh, in the 5K and the 1500. Cameron Myers, I'm projecting, and you know I never get excited, Cameron Luke, about young junior runners. Never get excited because I believe the transition is very hard to senior running. I think the team that Cameron Myers has around him, I think how he's progressing, I think getting to talk to him today and listening to the head that he has on his shoulders to to see the youth and how he's approaching this. Um, 
Cameron Myers, I believe that not only will you make the Olympics next year, but I think that you will go out and produce performances that will uh, will be, I said it, Inga Britson-esque, Bolt-esque, because he has the he has the ability to do so, and you know Cameron Luke how I, I feel about I fast juniors. I know, I I know, and I I like this. And, and Cam Myers, when you hear someone like John Stephenson, and he's holding an athletic sport, Australian athletics, and where we sit, saying stuff like that, what what does it make you think? Well, yeah, I like to hear I like to hear it too. Um, yeah, <laughs> good. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, it's it's cool, but I suppose I just got to keep progressing and I got to keep running faster. I think it's going to take, you know, for sure a sub three thirty performance to to get a medal on the global stage. So, yeah, if not if not faster. Just quickly on Inga Britson, who is honestly not overly that much older than you as well. He's a little bit older, but he obviously has had a fair bit of pressure on him from a relatively young age as well. Have you had a chance to have a chat to him about managing expectations of running fast at a young age? I actually have not spoken to Jakob before, but yeah, I think that you've, yeah, managing expectations is a difficult one. I think you've just got to not, not play it out too much. It's just, you got to take it as it comes and not, not, yeah, not deep it. I, I tell you what, you're saying all the right things. You're, you're such a mature athlete. It's, probably half the reason you're running so particularly well and you don't get caught up in things outside of continuing doing what you do. What do you do away from athletics? Like you're, you're, you're a 17 year old kid. What, what, what do you do outside of athletics? What do you, what do you like doing? Well, uh, obviously I'm in school. So mm. that's something. Uh, yeah. It, what a, what an average 17 year old does, I suppose. Yeah. Things yeah. like that. Have you got yeah. your, you got your learner's permit at least? You at least driven a car before? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I got my learner's permit. Yeah. Good. That's a that's a good start. That's a fair hey, start. Ke- Are Kevin you a Luke, gamer? Luke, I don't know about kids. Cam Myers got when we started asking these questions. <laughs> you see how nervous he got? Yeah, okay. Okay. We we read between the lines, Mr. Myers. <laughs> hey, uh, so, all right. So now that you uh, have made the decision to, to not go to Budapest and, and focus on the Olympics, what does it mean? You're, you're back to Australia, not too distant future. Do you, you still compete? How does the next sort of three or four months look for you leading to a into an Australian summer? Yeah, so the next three or four months, it'll just be back to school and I suppose building building the base and then just sort of maybe starting to, to race a couple of times early early January through February. And because the trials next year are super important, the the, the automatic spot for, for first place in a qualifier is, is super important. So I think that that's going to be the focus. It's going to be getting that automatic selection into the team. Man, we love chatting to you. We love what you're doing on track as we as we open this little chat. We we love the fact that you continually absolutely got your head screwed on 100% and it's going to go a long way to continuing to go in the way that Johnny Stephenson believes you will, man. Hey, enjoy it. Have a, I would say enjoy your break back in Australia, but I assume you got year 11 pressures and exams to deal with. Once that's out the way, it's all about Are you going to be able to combine Paris in year 12? Like that is that is a, if you make the Olympics, it's about 3 weeks after your birthday, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, I think it's early August, so it'll be three weeks after my birthday. Yeah, okay, it's so correct. and yeah, you'll be, it's gonna be difficult with school. It is gonna be, but the good news is he'll be eighteen, Johnny Steph. So we'll be able to take him out after he runs so particularly well in the fifteen hundred meter final in Paris. 
Well, once he gets his medal, Cameron, he gets yeah. all the perks of last lap. Absolutely, so last lap. Right. All thanks to Kemba's Warehouse, the number one nightclub that is yet to exist in France, but will <laughs> once Johnny Steph and I get over and we've worked on this business idea. Mate, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, brother. Good luck, uh, not just for running, but for year 11 into year 12, and we'll no doubt talk again soon. All right, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Absolute yes, superstar, brother. Cam Myers. Now, we're going to get to a break, and we are talking about superstars who have stood up on the highest level. We've got one coming our way next right here. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse on the House of Athletics. Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein. Powering tomorrow today. This is the House of Ats with Cam Luke and John Stephenson. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Head in the Chemist Warehouse every single day for great savings every single day. 043398 to reach out. We're going to talk... Plenty more Diamond League, surely. And you gave me homework two weeks ago, Johnny Steph, which I have done. Yes, I did. Which I have done. Yes, so I did. We'll get to that before we're out of here. But we, we love superstar guests. In fact, as anyone who listens to this show knows, we only talk to people who have done something amazing or are about to do something amazing, of which you and I take a great deal of credit for. But our next guest has, again, stood up in the biggest the biggest of stages and delivered, of course. The, currently, right now, the athletics, uh, the World Para Games are on. We have loved watching them. We've been getting uh, unbelievable. We've been getting metal poisoning, to be fair, the Australian team. <laughs> and this man has added to it as well. Michael Buren joins us right now. Michael, congratulations. Thank you, guys. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, you know what I like, Michael? I like when, I, when I'm watching any, any athletics. It doesn't matter, in particular, in this case, field events. And someone stands up and just handles the moment late, stands mm-hmm, up and delivers. Mm-hmm. Now, now in some cases, you're already looking at a medal and you're being able to progress a little further or you're outside the medals and being able to get into it. But, oh, I love that. It just has – it says that athlete has a clutch gene inside them, and that's exactly yeah. what you did. Yeah. No, man, look, the, the whole, whole competition has been, for me, pretty frustrating from the start. I just couldn't really throw the good throw, you know. And then it was like back in Tokyo again. Like I came to the last one and, you know, I'm walking on the runway and just looking at the coaches there. I'm like, guys, like this is, come on, like let, let's do this. So I just got really amped up, you know, like just angry and yeah, ripped, ripped it in. So, um, so when, yeah. when you're in that situation, what, what are you doing in between throws? Are you, are you, obviously, you, you mentioned the coaches there, but are you talking to yourself? Are you, and, you, and you mentioned Tokyo there, so in a situation you can lean on past experiences or are you just sitting there getting angry and stewing on it and then using that anger <laughs> to hurl the javelin? How does it all work in between throws in this situation? I look, in between the throws, I usually try to, you know, get the right feeling, think about the cues I use, you know, in order to obviously land the good throw. Um, not necessarily trying to get angry. Um, that, that's sort of like a backup for me for the last row. <laughs> Things go sideways, then, you know, all is left is to get angry. Um, yeah, so that, that's sort of what I do. But um, most of the time, it's trying to be focused and, you know, focusing on the technical aspects of the throw. Talking to the technical aspects, uh, Michael, I know a tiny, tiny, tiny bit about javelin. And I do know you guys actually don't mind a bit of a headwind sometimes because it helps the javelin sort of catch a bit of flight. How yeah. were the conditions at uh, uh, Chatelet Stadium? Look, conditions are absolutely fantastic because it, it was a morning session, which usually I don't particularly enjoy mornings. You know, I'm not mm. really a morning person, but um, <laughs> <laughs> be, be prepared for it. <laughs> but um, on the day, like it was one of the cooler days, so it wasn't too hot. Um, I think there was a slight wind, like, you know, rolling around. 
Um, nothing crazy. So the conditions were perfect, to be honest, for the javelin throw. Um, yeah, it, it was good. And Michael, how is the morale of the team? I mean, like like Cam uh, started and alluded earlier in the show, is man, we have got metal poisoning. And you know what's great about our para athletes is that they step up to where you know the able body championships. We only keep, walk away most of the time with three medals. So uh, you guys make a, make the able body athletes look sensational. So how is the morale of the team, mate? And 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 sort of you know how much do you uh, get inspired by the performances of the other athletes in the team? Look, I think the morale is, is is really good. Like people, you know, every time this is my second championship, so so I'm still pretty new to it. But um, you get you get into the team environment. You know, people are pretty locked on on what they're doing. Um, you can you can see that there is obviously a bit of tension. Some people get more nervous than the others. Um, so pe- people definitely taking it seriously, um, and it's it's great to be in that environment because it motivates you to you know wait. For your competition and mm. surrounded by those athletes, you know, you mm. just like, you know, you're really locked on. And do you feel you're um, dialed in now for for Paris next year? Um, definitely. Obviously, yeah, because really, like, you know, you get to the holding camp in Mount Pelier, then you get to go to yeah. Paris where the Olympics is going to be held, the city of the Olympics is going to be held next year. Um, does yeah. this, do you just now go into, you know, I've got it dialed in, I performed well yeah. in Paris. I'm ready to go. Please, yeah. can we fast forward this so I can get to Paris so I can get this medal? Yeah. Now, look, this comp was pretty much like a huge trial. So, uh, like Paris 24, it's my, it's on my wallpaper since I think year before, you know. So I, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to get that. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, like as you said, the, the throws were. It, it was a, it was a, at the end it was a decent distance, but. Um, Technically, I just didn't do it well. So I know there is a lot more. And uh, there have been some issues with my patella tendons in December. So I missed on a lot of like technical things I would love to do. Mm. So um, I'm really excited because I know that if, if you know, I'm able to do those things and I have that year still to go, you know, then then I can achieve something pretty special if it all lines up. Michael, let's get granular. I want, I want the listeners to understand what really goes on uh, for a thrower, especially a javelin thrower to your level. Uh, tell yeah. me what technical things you want to improve. Get technical with me. Let the listener know that they think you just throw the stick, you know, X amount of meters. Let them know where, what, are you, what are you trying to work and where do you feel you're going to find those extra meters come Paris? Yeah. So basically, like, everything comes from the legs in, in every sort of throws. Uh, if you shot put javelin, discus, wherever it is. So you need to really focus and train to be a really good runner, to be explosive in your legs. But then also you need to be able to separate the movement. So so like doing one thing and then the upper body is just patiently waiting, basically. So so you, you're setting up the stage with your legs, you know, then sort of you land into the throws where you block really hard into the ground. I think if you go into the studies, like on the elite throwers, uh, able bodies, like the, the produce of the power into the ground, like it's anywhere in you know 900 kilos of force and and more. So so it's a ridiculous amount of pressure you produce into the ground, and then it's like a chain reaction, just transferring up into the through the body up into the arm. So um, in in the training, like when we talking technicality, you're really trying to be able to separate those two because you work hard with your legs, and then the upper body is just hanging there waiting for the right timing. You know, and saying that like there is aspects of having the javelin in the right height, you know, having the 
tip of the javelin next to your head until the very last second, you know, because if you let it loose a little bit, then, you know, you're losing the right uh, trajectory. So it's it's very, very technical event. And um, that's why, like, you need to spend heaps of time just drilling, drilling, drilling drills. Um, and, yeah, that's, that's the key to success, really. Just focus, not, not trying to, you know, too hard. Um, yeah, how, do you, how do you do that? Man. How do you do that, man? I, I would have thought you would have grabbed it. What do they call it? Grip it and rip it, mate. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, done. yeah. You know, you know yeah. before, you know I, before yeah. when he said Michael that he knows a tiny, tiny, tiny bit about the javelin. <laughs> he was not joking on the tiny part. <laughs> I, no, I mean, like I love the discipline. So. Just, just I'm a bit obsessed with it. And, and and you know what? To be as good as you are, you have to be obsessed with with anything when you when you're reaching the levels you yeah. are doing. When you talk about drill after drill, and you're working through the technical side of it, are you using? Do you have a javelin in your hand, or is it is it is it not necessarily on the runway, and you're in the gym or something else? Like, how does it how does it work with the technicalities of practice? It doesn't have to be always with the javelin, but obviously there is different aspects to it, as I said, many, many of them. So you you can do a lot of drills in the gym, like, you know, just hanging on the rubber bands and yep. stuff, uh, you know, get that feeling of pulling onto something with your arm uh, to, to stimulate basically that feeling through your body. Um, but yeah, like I like I like to do a lot of drills with the javelin because obviously that's what you do. You're throwing javelin, so you might as well do it with the javelin. Um. Yeah. So, definitely. Well, when you uh, now you ba- you're based in Melbourne, so essentially, and, and again, this is yeah, it's a it's a it's a novice, probably a naive question. But when when you when you're training, is there is there other people around? Clearly, you know, you've got to have a little bit of safety around when the javelin. And when you're in a major competition, there are many people around, and everyone understands that the javelin is on. But how does it work from a training? point of view like are you just out the middle yeah. just throwing and you're just hoping that one of the sprinters like johnny steph doesn't roll across how, do, how does it all work from a training logistic point of view well there's the never-ending fight right mm-hmm. all these runners always crossing the, the yeah. track yeah, they, think, <laughs> they think they own the stadium michael we know i was smart no michael cam i was smart i'd make sure i go so high to michael with an a um, um, brother we're friends right <laughs> uh, yeah cool and then i make sure he doesn't aim for me man Nah, like, look, it's it's always the thing. Like, someone decides to walk across, uh, so you have to be careful. Yep. Like, like nowadays we have some flags, you know, throws in the progress, etc. So you, you put some warnings in there, uh, but but I think still, you know, every throw you you need to look out, make sure that no one's crossing, and um, yeah, that that's sort of the the things you deal with on every training. <laughs> All right, what what's it look like? For you now. In fact, actually, before we talk Paris and the lead up, I I asked a lot of athletes this, and I'll, I'll ask you this as well because you were in Tokyo and you had to compete around that time in COVID times with no one in the stands. Compared to now, where major tournaments in particular have people there and the atmosphere and the adrenaline is so much more enhanced. How much do you enjoy it more? How much do you enjoy? It seems again like a very obvious answer, but how much do you enjoy competing with people there compared to the Olympic Games, which is amazing? but had kind of that surreal, eerie feeling surrounded around it from a spectator point of view. Look, I always say, like, it was a, obviously it was a shame that there was no spectators in Tokyo because I heard that stadium on that day was close to being sold out. So mm-hmm. that would be absolutely unbelievable experience, right? But walking into the stadium in Tokyo, like, I just saw the the massive scale of the stadium and I just lit up. Like, I was, you know, smiling. I was like, this is fantastic. 
and then coming into Paris, um, bit more, bit more people obviously than in Tokyo, a lot more. Um, yeah, it's great. It's great, and I, I just can't wait for the next year in Paris because you know that that's gonna be full experience. Michael, so, just before may, you may, go, sorry, yeah. sorry, Cam, just before yeah. you go, Michael, I'm originally from the Czech Republic. For the for those that are trying to pick up where that accent is yeah. from, um, I'm sure you got a lot of family still back home. Uh, yeah. I know you're you're a proud Australian. You love representing Australia. Um, are, are you looking forward that now that you know Olympics is now back in Europe, mm. uh, that they'll be able to come over and watch you uh, next year and hopefully take away the gold? Unfortunately for them, it'll be for Australia. But uh, but for you, as long as it's a goal, doesn't matter. You'll be very happy, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, like I get full support of my family, you know, and they'll they'll understand my decision. So um, it will be great because it's it's not that far, so everyone will be able to come and watch. And um, it's gonna be really special, yeah, you know, to have family there. You know, my wife will come as well, uh, my coach. So um, really looking forward to it, yeah. and it's it's a good motivation as well to not screw up, you know, and, and rip, rip the big one. <laughs> so, so what does it look like for you now? 12 months towards Paris. So you're back in Australia anytime soon. How does the summer look? Do you spend much or most of the time in Europe? What does it look like for you? Uh, look, now I'm still 27. I'm, I'll be still here visiting family. Yep. Um, then basically going back to Melbourne. Um, as soon as I get back, basically I go back back to work again. <laughs> And I think I'll take the first two weeks back a bit easy, start doing some rehab on my shoulder, etc., and then slowly get back into it because I don't really want to waste any time and get back into the prep. Um, yeah. And, yeah, get, get really ready for next year. Now, you two have obviously a great deal in common because you both have silver medals from the Olympic Games. Now, I've ever actually asked John Stephenson this, so I'm going to ask you first, Michael. Where is your silver medal? It's on my... It's on my uh, on my TV table, so so it's like on that twenty first century altar, yeah. you know. Be- beautifully done. Where, where's yours, Johnny Steph? You know, for a long time I lost it. Yeah, this is like, why I, I thought, thought no. it could be impossible. I thought I gave it to my mum because like I, I've been travelling a bit, but I recently found it. And it's currently in the safe. So um, you hang on. Where did, uh, you, where did you find it before you put it in the safe? Uh, my auntie had it, I think. I think my auntie had it. Yeah. No, no, because no, I'm very weird, mate. And we know. This is all about Michael, so don't worry about me. I'm glad he's he's got yeah. a nice little mantelpiece for him, which which is yeah. well deserved. I think I'm gonna have a bit more respect for my silver medal, well, but uh, but also Michael, it's, we're look, we're really excited, <laughs> man. We're really proud of you, and it's just it's awesome. Any time that an athlete gets to represent Australia, I think he's magnificent. Any time you get to stand on the podium, um, I think he's just so good, man. And I have all the belief belief in you on between Cam and I that you'll have a great Olympics next year. I'm looking forward to watching your progress, mate. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for having me on. It was great. Anytime, man. We'll talk as we head towards Paris. And uh, enjoy a couple of beers back in the Czech Republic. Get back to Australia, <laughs> rehab, and then we'll talk soon, man. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Well, he's a superstar. Very quick break for Chemist Warehouse. It's the House of Athletics. Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein. Powering tomorrow, today. This is the House of Ats with Cam Luke and Jaysteezy's. Jay Steezy in the house. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Cam Luke here just trying to hold on. Now we're going to get a Diamond League. Hey, seriously, where did you find your silver medal? I find it remark. I find it remarkable. You're not. You're not alone here. Every time I ask somebody in any sport as to some major medal, or and fifty percent of the time they're like, oh, I don't know where it is. My mum and dad might have it. Uh, might be here. like, I find it remarkable. Like. 
And I'm being legit. Mate. I know that it's not all in a physical medal that comes with all the hard work. You are a medalist at the Olympic Games, but come on, man. Mate, my medals are cursed. I, I, like, cursed. The, 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 the night, I'm serious. The night I got my silver medal, I lost it in Glafida Beach at a nightclub. Yeah, well, so, let's not blame so, the medal, mate. I'm certain you weren't no, exactly no, no, no. just walking the around medal, sipping water. The medal, the medal does want to know about me. That was number. That was the first time. My Commonwealth Games gold medal, I came home, uh, I was doing um, the um, – the broadcast for seven for mm-hmm. Tokyo last year. And I left the medals on my kitchen table. I came home, my young son, Wolfie snapped my Commonwealth medal in half. So I came home and, and yeah, so I just, I'm just, I've put them in the safe now. Yeah. I've taken responsibility Good. for these things because I, I got to have a bit more respect for my hard work. The problem is, Cam, the reason why I don't look at these medals is in my career, mm-hmm. I thought if you get too consumed looking at what you've done, mm-hmm. you forget about what you can obtain. That's fair. So I, so I was, I was very much the type of person to say, okay, that's done. Put it away. I don't want to see him. Let's get more. So, and I think now that I'm retired, I think I've got to maybe just spend a bit of more time appreciating the Absolutely. body of work that was John the Runner. Superstar. And I should do that. So, you, you, no, I wouldn't say superstar. Yeah. I was very I, I blessed. I, I would. I, I had would, a very good say. career, mate. No, you did have an outstanding career. And, uh, you know, and we take the piss on this show a lot, but I think you should be very proud of the stuff that you did. That's, there's a reason why you're on this show and, uh, well, mainly because Craig Mocham had other stuff on, but like the fact you are here <laughs> suggests how great you are. Now, <laughs> let's start. Let's start with Lyndon Hall because we know what Jess Hull has been able to do. She's been absolutely right there when it comes to the best and hottest fifteen hundred meter fields and runners in the world right now. Lyndon Hall's had some battles. She was ill for a little bit. She's had a little bit of a sluggish start to the season, but bang, Australian record over the weekend. Our 1,500-meter women are on fire, Jay Steezy. Yeah, 100%. And Ned Brophy, her coach, um, I, I referenced when we had Kater, Kater, Katerina on the show, mm. um, uh, such an awesome dude. And they got their their track team, the Quokka track team. And, you know, they've got like this intimate group um, that have just been, you know, quietly chipping away and producing superstars in our female over the 1500 meters. Um, and, and also Katarina Bissett over the 800 meters, you know. So um, it's it's just, uh, it, it's to see Lyndon, um, you could tell the relief on her face. Um, I, I think the, the, our distance running, especially in the 1500 with Jess Hull, um, the world championship is going to be really interesting, Cam. Um, I know, I, I know, I, I know. I picked Jess Hull to to go out there and do and dominate and be very well. And again, it goes back to tactics, right? It if does. we have two Australians in the final, um, this gives one another great confidence. And just depending on how one another is feeling, um, you know, uh, between Ned and and I think between you know our Australian team and how and how the, how well the team get along, I think now it becomes on. There's such great support in the team about watching each other be successful. It's so much different to my day, man. We were so I, I believe we were so much more selfish. I think the team, especially being in Eugene, they get great excitement watching each other do really, really well. Um, I, I talked about it in our first couple of episodes when we saw um, uh, Jess uh, celebrating the, the world record when it was broken in the 59, and yep. I questioned it. Um, and and that just shows it's a very different era. So um, yeah, Lyndon, uh, she she's a fighter, Cam. And um and and I think you know with three weeks less than three weeks I think to go to world championship starts, um, sorry more than three weeks to go to world championship starts, um, man isn't it an exciting space mate? It, it is. I find that interesting though, right? Because again we had this conversation about the actual very fact that you know when they all crowded around together, which I was all for, but I understood your reasons as to why you questioned it. But when you get to a major championship, a major 
championship. And there are only two, well, I'm not going to say only two, but the two main girls are in the top six or eight in the world. How much how much team running does come into it from an Australian point of view? I understand the way that the Kenyans go around it and the five and the 10,000 in particular, but do, do you expect these two to work together? I know they're the same nationality. I've no doubt they're great friends. I've seen Jess Hull's great Instagram post uh, to Lyndon Hall after she broke that uh, Australian record, but do you, like, it is an individual sport still. So at some point, there's got to be some individual selfishness attached to it in a major final, be it a world championship or Olympics. Yeah, there's no doubt in the world that, that when these ladies and men line up, you know, no matter whether it's on the track or in the field, uh, that it has to be all about them, Cam, unless you're running a relay, right? Yeah. And even when you're running a relay, I can tell you this unequivocally for me, I, I made sure that no matter what happened in the relay, that I didn't let myself down, yep. number one. And that was the very first thing. Do not let yourself down, run, run the very best you can run. And if you do that, then you're going to set your team up. So yeah, there's always an element of, of individu- individuality that comes into our sport, which that's what makes our sport so great. Um, but what I'm saying is the support network, which supports so important when you get to these championships, is very different now. I think the Australian team, what Andrew Fakeney and the high-performance team are doing, I think, Australia, I think they've changed that a lot about, okay, how do we support each other as a, as a team to make sure that when that athlete individually steps on the track, mm-hmm. that they're given the best opportunity to feel supported and that they feel like they have a, 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 a you know an armor around them of support right and, and and when you have that cam i can tell you this it's very lonely when that when you're on that start line because the truth will find you when you step to that line the truth is you're gonna is gonna you're gonna find that out in 10 seconds 20 seconds 40 seconds in a 400 or 12 minutes in a in a in a in a in a, in a, in a 5k if you're a man so you know it's it's something that you can't hide from and when you know you got that support from your team, you got that support from your internal team, your immediate team, mum, dad, coach, and then you know from the Australian team, then you know on top of that's what makes Olympics so great that you got the nation behind you. Um, it really gives you the best opportunity to go out there and, and and like I said, maybe take that extra step forward to become a champion. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen to get involved. Of course, we spoke a lot about the fifteen hundred meters with Cam Myers and. Inga Britson again running particularly well as usual. He's a second off the world record. I think he'll break it in the in Budapest. Although the major championships aren't necessarily the the places these world records are broken. Uh, Stu McSwain. I did have a brief little text uh, text exchange with him this morning. He was the, he, the la- he he said that he he likes where his body's at. He was the mm. pacer. Now of course he's a little bit behind the eight ball because he's had those calf mm. issues to kickstart the season, but he's feeling a little more confident. In fact, a lot more confident in his body right now. Um, world record pace through 1,200. Now, he's got to then make that step up to be able to do it consistently in a 1,500 metre with, again, the depth of it. But uh, I think it's probably the most promising sign from Stu McSwain we've seen this this season considering the, the, the hampered preparation he has had. Yeah, I think, you know, I had a little brief chat to his coach, Nick Badeau, uh, Yep. Uh, this morning, we we didn't get in, into depth uh, or even talk about Stuart, to be honest with you. But I know with Nick, he's, Nick's always got a game plan. Um, I think they'll be focusing now on making sure come Paris that um, as Stewie's back to the, the the runner and even better than what we already know. I think this is, like we said last episode, uh, two episodes ago when he talked about Stu. Um, I think this is all about Stu getting his confidence back, um, getting his body back into shape. And he's certainly doing that, Cam. You know, um, and and I think he's doing that in in the right pace and right way. And Nick Badeau is 
experience than mm-hmm. this man. I mean, if there's anybody you want in your corner when you're in a position that he, that you're in now, is Nick. And Nick will throw everything at Stu to make sure he has the best opportunity um, to be the best he possibly can be. And shout out to Nick Bedoya. His daughter won the the European uh, Under Twenty Three Championships um, on the on on the weekend, and she 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 looked just like a mother out there running. Man, nothing, all heart, uh, all legs. Tall as hell, and um, so young Sophie uh, Bedo is um, a little superstar in the making. Anything else from the uh, weekend stand out for you? Yeah, man, there was so much happening. I mean, yeah, this uh, is a lot. Meet. That's why I ask you what you want to talk about, not give you something to talk about, because there are a million things, and it's now right. We can oh, see man, those worlds. This hundred meters is going to be great, Cam. I'm, I'm, I'm Cam. I'm, Hit me. Uh, we're going to have to have a. We're going to have to really have a talk about this, and, and I think we're going to have to really have to include a segment in here where we just talk purely results because there's so much yep. good stuff going on, um, you know, around the world. I mean, there was world leads, area records, meet records. I mean, Mondo back over six meters. My boy Van Nierke winning Ooh, back to forty. Yes. 44 dead. Now I'm picking him to win the 400 Agreed. world championships without a doubt. He's winning world championships. Yes, he the guy, is. Agreed. Belted um, so, them. What yeah, time can and, he and, run? Uh, what time can he uh, run? Depending on the track, depending on the conditions, um, he's 43 seconds all day. Yeah, I all know. Day. He's, not break, he's not breaking the world record, but he'll be 43 seconds all day. Um, no he, one's getting just, near him, are they? No, they're not. They're not. Even, I mean, enough. after watching the American trials in the four hundred, I was quite disappointed in how they how they ran. I think the Americans will be around about, but I think a lot of them shot do, a lot of their bullets at, at, at the U.S. Do, trials. Do um, you ben think? Nikos to stand out I'll ask me. this right now. Do you think there's another man on the planet heading towards Budapest who can break forty four outside of him? No, mm. I, I think I think I mean it just depends what Karani James is doing. It depends what Stephen Gardner is doing. I don't we haven't seen them out there man. racing. Not, they, um, I can't see him rolling up to a Worlds. They're two men who can do it if everything goes right with a long, sustained preparation. But I can't see either of those those two guys getting to Budapest and breaking forty four. Well, well, it's it's kind of weird. We haven't seen them out there. Mm. Sort of, you know, normally they're out there doing that now. I mean, it, I mean, there's many a good runners that possibly can run that quick. Um, but yeah, I find it. I mean, I'm just disappointed in Michael Norman. I don't know you, why he decided to go to the short sprints into the hundred um, after winning world champs in the 400 last year. Um, that would have been a sensational race to watch him see if he can back to back world championships. Um, but you know, he is the defending um, 400 meter champion, so he gets he gets the automatic entry come Budapest. Um, that's going to be interesting to watch him. Um, I wish selfishly, I wish Fred Curley was to run in the 400. I... Um, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. But he's he, you know he's got big fish to fry in the short sprints let me let me just throw something to you quickly okay before the break i want to throw this towards you is it possible is it possible if fred Curley in the 100 meters i don't think he will win the world 100 meter championship and i've said this and i think he's a better 400 meter runner i think he's 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 closer to an olympic 400 meter gold than he is an olympic 100 meter gold right is it possible as an athlete if they get to the Worlds and he finishes fifth or sixth, which is probably diminishing where he will finish, but it's, I'll just throw it out there. Is it possible <laughs> for an athlete to be able to change tact within 12 months and and target the 400 metres for Paris? You're a hard, uh, you're a hard market care because I, I have to disagree with you. I mean, no one wins the World Championships in 100 metres and can't win the, the, world, the Olympic Games in the 100 metres. I do understand what you're saying. If, if mm-hmm. we're looking at the pedigree, we're looking at what's best suited to him. Yeah, absolutely. I do agree with you. I do agree with you. I think the 400 meters is his distance. Um, unfortunately, there's something like you said, when, when we very first started this, so there's something about the 100 meter champion absolutely. of the world, you know, and I think that's what, that's what's in, in the forefront of Fred Curley's mind. Mm-hmm. And he knows he has the ability to win it, but he knows he's up against it. He knows that mm-hmm. he's not stupid. Um, 
But I, 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 answering your question, yes, you can get red, especially going from 100, 200, taking that speed into the 400, and especially coming, Fred's gone from 400 in college down to 100. Now he can definitely go back to four. Now, if you're a poor, pure 100-meter runner going up, then you've got to learn the distance, learn the race, learn the strategy. Fred knows the strategy, so all he's got to do is get fit again for the distance, which is 12 months is plenty of time. So to answer your question, yes, we definitely can see someone like Fred Curley going from the 100 into the 400. We'll get to a break. We do it all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. We'll wrap it all up on the other side of this. Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein, powering tomorrow today. This is the House of Ats. With Cam Luke and John Stephenson. Johnny Stephenson, Cam Luke, we did all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. We are jam-packed for time. We've got to get out of here, which means I have to hold off my homework for the best oh, one, two, three, four in long jump world championship to next week. We'll get to that in seven days' time. Uh, you know, someone texted in and reckons that we should have a House of Athletics decathlon where you and I do all the events and see who garners the most points. No, I, I, I want to see who's texting these ridiculous I, ideas. I don't, know, I don't know. Always put your name to these texts, please. But yeah, I would have to. Like, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to call. I'm happy to do a multi event against you, but I'm not doing the pole vault. <laughs> I don't do the pole vault. <laughs> I'm scared of heights. That's why the... I don't slam dunk in basketball. <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh, listen, we. I, I just think. I reckon we're better party planners than what we are athletes at the moment, Cam. I agree. So uh, I would like to see people texting in and uh, and allowing us to bring the good vibrations. Yes. But no, if I had to do something, yes, I'm happy to pick the disciplines, Cam. Yep. And uh, in this fine summer of Melbourne, I come down there and absolutely give you the business. Done. Cam. And you should. Just quickly, do you know why uh, the DJ uh, Fisher, Follow the Fish? Is the best with, yeah. the, with the wrist That's flip. Him. Yeah, so I'm thinking fish, he, yeah. he, he opens for us at last lap in Paris. So I've been thinking about... What type of lineup we're going to have? We're going to have to have a big name Australian act off the top, yeah. right? Yeah, I reckon the fish should be well yeah. down for that. Absolutely. 100%. Done. Mm. Love it. Hey, Jay Steezy, see you next week. Till next time.